It is October the 15th, 2022, and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography. Here we go with another episode. All the three of us on board. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Jeremiah. Hello, hello. Hello. How's it it going, everyone? It's a nice rainy day here in oh, LA. It's very unusual, and we love it. It's been oh, nice and sunny okay. here. Switch worlds. <laughs> uh, we've had both here. We've had we get all the weather at this time of year. It's fine, like, mostly in the same day, so it's yeah. all good. Um, I would ask, how's it going in the UK? But I think I know. So actually, just without dipping into politics, uh, my local member of parliament has just been made Chancellor of the Exchequer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't get thrown under the bus. Uh, well, <laughs> there won't be many left, to be honest. Why I think if, if they fire <laughs> any more people, I'll have to appoint some of the opposition into the cabinet. <laughs> I guess, yes. So um, we're, we're, we don't want to talk about politics today, but um, Adrian, no. the, the topic that you suggested does have a bit of a political component as well, doesn't it? Well, per- perhaps, perhaps it might be, uh, hopefully not too contentious, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, well, I tell you what, I tell you what, it's inspired by um, uh, an article I read the other day, which reminds me that um, it's been for some of the really big Internet providers, a difficult year on the stock market and particularly meta. Right. So uh, they their their share price has has tanked, quite frankly. I don't know a better phrase for it um, uh, in the last year. Uh, and I, uh, that set me to wondering, it's like, well, perhaps we are witnessing the beginning of the end of the enormous centralized web 2.0 platforms. Um, I'm not sure I fully buy in yet to the web 3.0 thing because I don't think anybody knows what that is. But maybe that's a good thing because if it grows organically in a decentralized way, then that could be better for everybody. But having said that, um, I thought it might be a bit of fun to imagine a world that is post Instagram, post Facebook, post whatever big monolithic centralized platform you think you think about and you have to use and you don't like. And just ask ourselves the question, what would we like the Internet to be for people like us? I, I think, you know, I'll throw out just a little chum for a discussion. But. You know, there is a, a notion that um, all politics is local. That, that's a kind of a common phrase. And um, if, if, if we think about communities writ large, like Meta, Facebook, let's call it by its real name. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> well, the service is still called Facebook, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. The, the thing is, is it best a community is it best served by localizing it? and i don't necessarily mean geographically localizing it but about artists about photographers about stenographers about bankers in other words is there a uh, a stronger benefit to being a part of a community that is uh focused more on a specific arena i mean you know we could discuss uh, i guess you know the alt- discord is a is a good example of it but but discord is not what i would consider user friendly you well I mean? the, but that has to do with where, where it's coming from it's from from the gaming yeah. community yeah. so uh, and and it's very centralized and it's very centralized that's yeah. true 
So, uh, in in other words, I would I would argue that a great benefit to social online organizations is a decentralized local community. Um, in the early um, configs of um, communities writ large, this is before CompuServe, there was something called the well. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but it was, it came close to when the source was, um, as I recall, the source is the very first online community. Um, but the well uh, came not that long after I was uh, a member there. And in order to register for it, you had to use your real name and provide who you were and a link to that. Now, even if it was, you know, in today's world, decentralized, having responsibility for your statements positively and negatively, I think is a critical aspect. Too many posts hide behind anonymity. And when you have a centralized platform that is used to hide points of view and people can avoid taking responsibility for their statements, I think you have the chaos that we've seen over the last several years. Um, please discuss. Uh, that's a good. Well, so that take, takes me back a little bit. Um, certainly, I, uh, I, I don't, I didn't participate in any of in any of those things. In fact, you could argue I was a relative latecomer to the internet, being sort of mid nineties ish, uh, possibly even late nineties by the time I started using it for for personal basis. Uh, so. I would say uh, I th it's interesting. You both said talked about centralization versus decentralization, and Chris, I think you were talking about in some ways about the the technology there, and Jeremiah, you might have been talking a bit more about the user experience. No, uh, I, I mean I wasn't because the u the user experience is really about how you interact with the format. I was talking. Um, I think a little bit about who owns the data that you put on any centralized exchange. Uh, okay, all right. Versus a decentralized exchange where one could actually set parameters of who owns and what can be done with all the data that is accumulating. I mean, so that's that's an interesting so the, so that's a really interesting point because I've been thinking about that particular thing right uh, because that is a a common comment critici criticism of the way that a lot of the big platforms are run today and I was thinking well what you know what have we learned what have I learned right about uh, about social media uh, for the last ten years what have I experienced what have I learned from that. And one of the things I jotted down that I learned is that I still don't get relevant adverts, right? So at some level, the system has fundamentally failed, right? And I know that really the system is it is designed to sell adverts so that, uh, you know, so that the companies providing the platforms can make lots of money. So I get that at some level, they don't really care whether I get the right ads or not. They only care about whether they can demonstrate something to their buyers, right? Because I'm not the customer, I'm the product, right? So, so I do get that. But 
Uh, the the data stuff I think I worry about is that we now have evidence that bad actors can manipulate global events, right? And that is the thing I think that worries me both most. Sorry, I should say about the centralized platforms is the ability to manipulate large swathes of the global population. That that to me is scary, right? Where you know, now adverts to me are not scary. I largely ignore them. Um, uh, as long as as long as you realize they are adverts, that is, I think, uh, one one of the big problems. Because um, if and and Jeremiah, you know that as a as a producer, as a film producer, sure. that a lot of that stuff happens on a subliminal basis. And we're, sure. we're talking a simple product that's placed in a room, someone picking up a drink, someone walking yeah. uh, in front of a building with an ad in the in the window, and and yeah. so on and so on. And so, by, by the way, the simple ver version is you do a Google search. Yeah, and, and you know you're not paying attention. The first three, four, what five do you have to search for? is is. Um... <laughs> Here's what I found. <laughs> what did she find? Sorry, I wasn't talking to you, yeah. girl. <laughs> but the the point you know the point is the first five are paid ads for your search. And a lot of people do not realize that right. even though it's marked as an ad, there's research um, that. A lot That's of right. people don't see these things as ads. They see them as search results. Yeah, so, is what I'm so, so, yeah. so going back to the post meta thing, and by the way, at one point we probably want to link that somehow to photography so that our. That oh, no, our I've got some ideas for that. Sense. Don't worry yeah, yeah. about that. But, but in, a, in a post meta uh, landscape, um, yeah, I. It, you see, the, you see the, the concern here. Is, is the, when you have a centralized um, organization that is run specifically to gain information by presenting the use of such organizations aspects as being free, they're not free. Oh, that's- You're paying- To us, that's obvious, yes. Right, but you're paying with your attention and with the data that you are giving up. And when you have data of a billion people, um, you are able to create, sell, manufacture, et cetera. I mean, Amazon does that as well. I mean, if if you have people searching for, you know, uh, cheap linen shorts and there's 100,000 searches, then Amazon will just go, Let's let's order a hundred thousand linen shorts and put it out in our fashion for twenty five bucks instead of fifty eight bucks by the retailers. So these dynamics now may serve the consumer well, and there's trade offs because I don't think any of these discussions are without repercussions on both sides. But if we're talking about what is what is the kind of ellipse aspect rather than the circular aspect of where we're going to go up and down and how it serves and how it becomes corrupted. That's a really, really interesting thing to discuss. And photography, even now, I mean, I just saw an amazing post. Um, again, it was, it was a AI post and the prompt was, 
best friends in, you know, um, what is it, Kowloon um, area in Hong Kong, you know what I mean? And it just, it was a very realistic picture of two kids, you know, in that city, which is now gone. But um, I, I was just amazed at how easy it is to start presenting visual audio and, and kind of uh, written information and corrupting that. I mean, I think we see it certainly in, in the US, it's, it's become a major problem politically, but um, how do we get beyond it? What is the best new way of, for people like us, of presenting our work, working within a community, and yet not being trapped by the bubble of our community. In other words, being able to That's an to interesting point, because the, the bubble thing is really interesting. And I find this with with my interactions. So bring bring us kicking and screaming back to photography, as Chris would like us to do. And, and I'm all for that as well. So I, 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 I'm yeah, very aware now that there there are some new services or newer services uh, that are ostensibly photo sharing platforms, uh, you know, so social photo sharing platforms uh, that are not part of the, the, the big empires. And uh, often they are also paid platforms. Uh, and that's because that allows them to operate without having to serve adverts everywhere. So I think that's a really good strength. And yet I have not joined one of those yet uh, to this point i i have thought about it i've downloaded several apps and got to the point where it says sign up and create an account and then deleted the apps and i think it's because i'm not valuing the experience i think i'll get there and that's not because the apps are bad so it's it's anything but in fact the apps will probably be a massive improvement on things i've used in the past but I'm not, I'm thinking to myself, well, what actually, what interaction with other people do I want? And I, the friends thing is, again, yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the bubble of, of friends that you have, I say bubble in a good way and in a bad way, right? I'd love to be able to talk to my friends easily. I don't really care whether I have to do that on a different app. You know, since a lot of these big platforms were invented, we've all got smartphones in our pocket now. Everybody has a dozen different apps for communicating to people. And I'm really not fussed about having to use different apps for different purposes. Yeah, it's very easy to do. There's no barrier there for me. But I'm 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 trying to think about what is the experience I want, uh, you know, around building and sharing, building photography communities, sharing my interests and my hobby with with like minded people. How do I want to do that? And it's not easy to break out from what I already know, because we've had so many of our what you might call our Internet formative years right you know, have been so directed by big corporations it's really difficult for me sometimes to imagine what a different experience might be like um, did you did you ever uh, try out glass i think chris and i tried that i was i was about to mention glass because well tell me because that's one of the ones that i think i downloaded and never got past the so, sign up screen so glass is for me is it's a low interaction guilt free photo sharing app that is only there to share photos and there's a there's a slight amount of interaction it's not a social network in the classical sense it 
Um, it it doesn't guilt you into coming back every five minutes. Um, rather the opposite. I can leave it be for a week, come back and find a couple of hands full of uh, great photography. Um, you curate your friends network there. You follow people. Um, you can comment on photos. Uh, you can publish photos. You can give them categories. You can look for categories. You can, uh, I think there's a like, a like kind of, uh, interaction like a star you give a photo star if you like it or something like that so a bit of a bit of a dopamine squirt for the photographer um but then that's it and it's a paid experience so uh, they don't make money from your interactions from your likeness from your friend circle from your social graph from whatever um they just you pay them okay so what, uh, what do you get out of that? What's the nice photos that you get? <clears throat> nice photos. I get inspiration. I look at photos. I scroll through photos. I find a user. I find a photo and then I go and uh, that I like. And then I uh, tap on the user and look at their other photos. And and then if I like what I see, I follow that person. And that that these photos get, get added to my feed. And uh, th it's a chronological feed. There's no algorithm that tries to trick me into doing things buying things and so on um yeah why did i lose interest in it I did you lose myself. interest in it i did uh, and you know maybe it, maybe it's because you know between twitter which has a much you know much bigger groundswell of people though needs high filtration instagram same and i'm you know, I, I'm very dubious, certainly, of Instagram now. Um, Twitter, God knows what's going to happen to Twitter over the next year. Nobody knows. It's chaos there. Um, I, I find conflating the photography, the art, the politics, the crazies, more difficult every day to deal with it. Glass is very pure. I didn't mind the interaction. I thought the the... The overall UI was good. And yet, for someone like myself who is really into this kind of thing, I did lose interest. And I, I'm not sure why. Maybe it was just a bridge too far, one more thing to deal with and post, and do I double post and all the rest of it. And I also felt that the community, for example, the community on Instagram is very active and very interactive. Um, also, to a certain extent, on Twitter, too. But Glass, I did not feel a sense of community. I, I did feel that I was posting on a large bulletin board. People were seeing it. You know what I mean? I saw it. Inspiration, very good, because there's a lot of good quality work there. Um, but... Uh, and yet, maybe it's the randomness that escaped me. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Following a sort of technical thread, you know, adding a hashtag that takes me into a whole folio of work. But I I, I felt that maybe it was just too many things. And it, again, it's a paid, centralized. Um, you know, service that that is uh, extremely. Um, well, when you think, at, why should I be paying for this? That's really 
the question. Now, and, for, and for me, it's more like I'm happy to pay for it because yeah. it doesn't guilt me into coming back and interacting because uh, I sometimes... I don't want to do that for a week. I just want to do other things, and then I and and I and I have it on uh, a screen on my phone that I visit often, so it's it's always kind of there. And then yeah. every now and then, I was like, "Hey, you know what? I like to spend twenty minutes with some good photography, mm -hmm. and it's easy to find good photography on glass. Yeah, it it's really yeah. easy. So the quality is so high that I because I." If I want to see snapshots of, of people's gardens, then I can do this on Twitter. But I'm how not, many not... people are on Glass? Do you think? Sorry. How many How many users do you think they have? I have no idea. No. I don't know. It's it's probably not big. It's not huge. No. And so, uh, okay, okay. so lifting this bit of the conversation up again, because it, yeah. So we got we've talked about one type of interaction there, which is a a photo sharing website web service uh, that is paid. So you don't have to see adverts and there is a, so it sounds like a relatively light touch of community around yes. it. Uh, we also mentioned Discord uh, as well, which of course we use for future photography uh, as, as a, a chat area. And I find I love the conversations in there. Um, we've got a really, really good, a, a sm small group. Um, in the sense of yeah, comparing it to Twitter or Instagram, clearly it's but a very loyal, very, loyal and active. But uh, yeah, and and we we have uh, similar for the Sunny Sixteen podcast as well. We use Discord for that, and that's and and I I'm really enjoying the interactions I get there. And yes, you could say that that's just a bit old school, and it's just like a web forum from the two thousands or a bulletin board from the eighties or whatever. But yeah, it's in a sense that you know, you have threads and it's message based and and things like that but that um, is that that is a very closed experience right it's not it is but how many people can you meet one. really so oh, so this is so do you so know the dunbar number dunbar see dunbar <laughs> is dunbar is the yardstick right so how many people can you meet right? have meaning the maximum well well okay let, let, let's explain dunbar dunbar's number is uh it, dunbar says we can only maintain 150 relationships uh which means 150 people that we know something about and that we can interact with um without them being strangers to us that's yeah. kind of i think the the yardstick it's a it's a mental capacity thing probably yeah that, that's been right. tested um, and of course yeah there there is there there are ways now that um we have tools available to us lots of technology that allow us to maintain more relationships than that but uh, yeah perhaps a, a couple yeah. of levels removed and we might need to refresh ourselves about what we've said to those people by seeing it written down and things like that so it is it, it cuz you need a, you need a CRM built into your headset to your meta headset do you know How about uh, that yeah Absolutely. I'm sure we all have LinkedIn profiles or equivalent where we look at some of the people that we're linked to and are like, no, I've got no idea who you are. Oh, sorry. By the way, doesn't that $1,500 headset have that built in? The new meta headset. Uh, well, may maybe it has that built in, but you can't really tap into that. I'm I'm talking I'm talking bubbles over people's heads that tell you oh, yeah. Yeah. their name, the their, the, their spouse's name, their kids' uh, uh, interests. Is is Charlie still into yeah. dinosaurs and that kind of stuff? So Jeremiah, wearing the goggles on the street. Yeah. Question and, for you, Jeremiah. What was the movie where John Travolta played the U.S. president? You know, I'm. I, 
I think I must have missed that. You must have missed that. So, so he so uh, the 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 reason I bring it up is there's a couple of scenes where he has a fella that follows him round and whispers in his ear just before he shakes hands with somebody exactly who they are and how many children they got yeah. and what they're called and stuff like sure, that. Sure, that, that's uh, that's normal for all politicians. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, I I had the, okay, okay. I got to do some name dropping here. I had that experience um, uh, a few years ago. Uh, when I was the lucky winner of a of a dinner with uh, Jed Abumrad and Rob Crawwich. Oh, I don't recognize those names. Sorry. Uh, podcasters, radio personalities. And, ah, right, okay. And it, it, it was a charity kind of thing. And I happened to be in the US and it was like a room full of people. And, and they... And they, they 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 went around and talked to everyone, and uh, I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And 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 they they talked they they um, referred to me with my real first name, which is not Chris but Christoph. So I was like, "No, no, Chris." Oh, and then and then Jad pulls out this binder and says, uh, "In in your in your how did he call it?" folio whatever some something like like they, they had documents about everyone <laughs> that someone prepared for them sure. with information so that they could have a at least seemingly meaningful meaningful conversation sure hi christoph how's your brother yes. doing? You know? <laughs> sort of like that it, it was nice it was very nice and 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 everything but um that was yeah you need sometimes you just in, the circumstances dictate you to have something like that, don't they? they yeah, yeah, they they do. So, so, so I do. So, so again, like kicking and screaming back to the topic. So, I would reckon I would love to have something like that uh, to help me out, tools to help me socialize with a larger number of people. I think that's something I would love in a post-meta world, especially with the the the, you know, because uh, uh, primarily. Uh, I, I do podcasting and photography as yeah no not primarily but the uh, I one of the big benefits for me of doing photography and the podcasting of photography around photography is the people I get to meet and the friends I've made which at this point I'm happy and lucky enough to be able to say um, I've got friends all over the world that I could never possibly have made if I hadn't been doing photography as a hobby and started well, sure. podcasting. I mean, about the three that. of us have never met in person ever. Well, exactly. well, not maybe get, not maybe that's time. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. I've met Adrian. It was, yeah. it was, it was oh, fine. Well, it was fine. Yeah. You guys yeah, are we just survived. avatars. <laughs> we survived. But the, it's so, so, you know, I, I would love to have services that help me communicate with people. And I do, I do appreciate the ability to, to make connections with people i never otherwise would have met so i do struggle with how to do that without us all being in a centralized directory of some sort right and yeah you know, may, maybe it doesn't need to be centralized maybe maybe there are ser services that are centralized services but that well, but we use many of them and for different purposes maybe we have an ecosystem of services rather than two or three services trying to be everything to everybody maybe so, that's how it works so the one thing that happens almost reliably every time someone tries to mess with twitter um is that people threat to threaten to to leave the big exodus um is is threatened and where do they leave to they want to leave to mastodon have you okay. heard of the fediverse no you haven't 
All right, so so I've heard of Mastodon, the 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 thrash metal band. They're really good. No, 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 no. Mastodon is a is a decentralized Twitter-like service um, that is sort of a, 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 a yeah. I'm not even sure if I want to put it in the nerd corner, but. Um, that's how I found out about it. Um, and it's a, a bunch of federated servers. You can run your own Mastodon server, have your own Mastodon instance on your own hosted box okay. somewhere in a data center. And then you can link those. And then these are linked together. You can link them together. So there's like hundreds, if not thousands of Mastodon servers out there. Um, you can find one and join it. There's big ones that everyone can join, but there's also communities that have their own. And then on these servers, like there's clients, there's a, a whole bunch of iOS apps and stuff as clients, like a Twitter client just for Mastodon. And you can, you can, you have different timelines. You have your friends' timelines, the people you follow. You have the server timeline, which would be your local community. And then you have the federated timeline, which is the timeline with all the others. And then there are searches that can go through all the servers, that kind of stuff. So um, it, I I know a lot of people on these platforms. And then if you are on one Mastodon server, you can follow people on other Mastodon servers if you want to. So you can cross those boundaries. But um, there's a decentralized, localized concept there that works astonishingly well. Here's so. a question. Is it, um, is it a problem of time allocation to interact um, and use whether it's by posting or getting inspiration, how much downtime. I mean, does anybody ever line up for anything anymore and interact with each other? No, everybody's buried in their screens. And with more and more of these, there is less kind of random interactions between people, which I think is important, healthy, fabulous, and, and serendipitous. And we are losing that. Uh, because everyone's in their personal bubbles. However, sometimes I don't want to interact with anybody. I want to be in my bubble, and I want to feel inspired by the things that I'm seeing. So, But the endorphin hits that are addictive in quality to us now culturally, uh, the amount of information that we are subjected to, how many people are selling us both actively and passively on good services, entertainment, etc. cetera. Um, how does that kind of interact with our daily life as creative people? You know what I mean? Whether it's in an amateur way or a professional way or, or a technical way. Um, and I struggle with this. I, I, I really, really do because, you know, I, I do a lot of work kind of in, a, you know, in the film business. By the way, Adrian, you will be able to see my show on Sky coming soon. And hey. uh, NBC Universal is distributed, cool. or NBC International is distributed in Germany. Yay. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, uh, all of this uh, is. Uh, happening um but so between that world the the actual world of creating things which is uh, in and in, in in my world learning new techniques technologies refinements of my work so there's a lot of time uh 
that I need to allocate to becoming a better technician, not necessarily a better artist. That's how I use the, the stuff. Um, as well as just kind of the random serendipity of just accessing inspiration and balancing that with, of course, home life, real life, social life, um, you know, just managing day-to-day, -day, you know, finances, which get crazier and crazier as the world keeps leaning in directions I'm not thrilled about. Um, the, you know, the, so social networks in and of themselves, we've seen, and, you know, we've seen how, uh, certainly I speak for the U.S., of how the Internet, of which I was a major flag waver of information must be free. I, you know, this is going to liberate the people of expression. This is going to decentralize power, blah, blah, blah. Boy, was I wrong. I, it is We've all sobered up a bit in that respect, it yes. Ru ruined uh, the democratic process, uh, media writ large. Um, and, we, you know, we stand now, you know, at the feet of giants who are trying to get their arms around, you know, not only the... 350 million people here in the U.S., but the, you know, 1.7 billion people in China and the 1.5 billion people in India, et cetera, et cetera, and shift and, you know, adjust people's overall feelings so that they behave in a certain way. I find this very <laughs> disconcerting. And, so and I'm bringing it back to photography in that just find the time to be an artist, pure and simple, to be in the flow, create the work without an agenda, without I'm making this in order to dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Just to do that. You know, it, you know, it, so first of all, my, my personal Dunbar number is probably way lower than those 150. Five. So, um, and, and having grown up in analog times and then switched over to digital times, see, yeah. having seen both, um, I now try to lower my interactions rather than improve them or increase them. So I don't I don't want tools that make it easier for me to to add more people to my circles and still uh, interact with them in some way. It's more like uh, I want to I want to trade quantity for quality. For quality. Yeah, so definitely. I'm that's, de that's, definitely. That's that's the one idea. Uh, the other is um, that just. Back to our little community on our uh, little Discord server around to, uh, the future of photography. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had this photo walk with a couple of people there here in Germany, and uh, we met in in a castle in a city, pretty central in Germany, and we did a photo walk. Five, one, two, three, four, five people. Um, and we spent an afternoon, well, having a drink first and then walk around for two, three, four hours and then drive back home and do photography. Um, and it was one of the most delightful little things that I've done in a long time. Because, okay, I haven't been out much thanks to the pandemic, but um, 
for a while and the 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 interaction the the purpose of what we did photography it was just delightful i think that's the best term i can find for it it yeah. was delightful it was a, it was a personal physical interaction we were all there in our, in the same space we were doing something we were sharing we were chatting about things it wasn't it wasn't artificial in any way it was real um and uh, i came home i'm i'm still feeding off of that right now and that's a month ago so um i can see people craving these real experiences more sure. and and i can see a bit of an exodus coming um when it comes to these social platforms i i, I, I will feel, i feel the same way I, I'm, 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 I'm envisioning, and I think I have a little gut feeling. I can't really fix that to anything right now, but a bit of a gut feeling that we're probably seeing the pendulum swing the other way, and people happily giving up uh, some of these experiences and trade them for local real stuff. I mean, you you see the same thing in photography. Uh, the biggest cash cow right now is Fuji Instax, and that's a real bit of photography. People have a physical memento. It's not a it's not a virtual thing on some cloud system that takes effort to... No, you can just pull it out of your pocket and show it around and hand it to someone and give it to them as a gift. That is... I, I think we're looking at something along those lines on the social media front. And, 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 you know, to that end, I mean, you know that I've, you know, I've been involved in the bright moments now in terms of NFTs and live mm -hmm. minting and all of that. Uh, you know, our, our Berlin um, event went, be, it was superb. It, it went so well, even, even in a world where you have a 90% reduction in the sale of NFTs, We don't feel it. Everything is minted live in, in the gallery, wherever, you know what I mean? Our next, we went to London afterwards. And then now, I mean, I was working, so I didn't go. Uh, next city is uh, Mexico uh, in a month's time. And then Tokyo after that. And I'll be able to make it to Tokyo. But all of it is designed not to do online. In other words, you, you will interact with it but you have to do it live in the actual gallery with people and share the experience. And there is now a move to not only owning the NFT on your screen, whether it's a phone, computer, iPad, etc., or presentation screen at home, but also a printed work that comes with it. So that the NFT itself is really a transportable provenance of the work and, and its lineage, but the work itself can be and should be printed on paper or whatever, uh, sculpted, whether it's a plotter uh, rendition of a drawing, but all of these things, even if they're coming out of generative coded work, they all now have physical presence and they are all uh, interactive in real life, IRL. And, and this is completely transformed the community that's built around it and we've had such success in doing it because it is real life people meet and in these like now in in um you know we've established local DAOs, so there's a small gallery in in berlin that that will do that and part of the experience is to create enough 
sales to fund the local gallery. Same thing in London. I think it's Soho Square that's open. So um, these, I, I, I think you're right. My instinct is the the need for these, and certainly in Venice where it began, these kind of interactions. We have day, you know weekly meetups. These feed, especially with the 25 to 35-year-old uh, artists who, have, who feel, I think, a, a little more of that kind of missing emptiness because they never really, you know, at, at the exact right moment where they should be out in a crowd, the pandemic lands and, and you know, that happens. On the other hand, you know, I just got back from New York New York Comic Con, which is a massive, massive, um, big scale version, it's still very disquieting to be in a big, big crowd like that. You know, even though we were safe and, you know, the, the pals, you know, between flying, between, you know, airports and massive crowds, I was, you know, testing myself every day. Um, luckily, I, you know, I did fine. But, but, um, there's still that uneasiness. So I'm not sure that is ever going to go away. Um, and that's why I think this kind of balance of real life, smaller communities of trust, whether it's health or, 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 or inspiration, um, I think these are more valuable than having 250,000 likes on a picture that at the end of the day feels empty emotionally. I think that's, that's all I'm going to say. I think that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, place to take us to our picks of the week. So join hands, take pictures and talk to each other. <laughs> yes, yes, Absolutely. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Go, go do, go do the real thing. All right, um, let's see. Adrian, you brought... Oh, you just added a new one in here. I have. I something you said a couple of minutes ago prompted me to put something to the show notes, which I know breaks all the production processes. Sorry about no, that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, well, we're fine. What is photowalk.me? Oh, well, photowalk.me is a website here in the UK, although it can be used globally, um, built and maintained by a friend of mine called Martin Smith. Um, but uh, it is simply a place where you can register a photo walk. Uh, people can sign up for them. Uh, and it just so happens uh, that on Saturday coming, so as this show goes out, I think, uh, Saturday the 22nd of October, I am doing a photo walk uh, in the centre of Bristol, a city in the west of England. Uh, a fantastic city, uh, loads of, of, of cultural heritage there. It happens to be uh, the home of Banksy as well, or one of the uh, where, where Banksy did a lot of his early work. Um, and we're doing a photo walk there uh, with a friend of mine called Duncan, who runs a lab there. And we'll probably will visit the lab uh, after we've done a bit of a walk. And it's just going to be, yeah, it's the human interaction thing. It is absolutely, uh, absolutely made possible by the Internet. Um, so for me, it, you know, it's a great way of using the Internet to get a real world experience. So there you go. That's that one. All right. Um, I brought one that... Um, it links us to the physical world of things. It is a link to the NASA Astronauts Photography Manual by Hasselblad. So oh, cool! It's a PDF. It's online. You can download it, um, and it it 
it's a it's a Hasselblad manual. It shows you all the uh, things to operate on a camera, but it's targeted towards the astronauts who took those Hasselblad cameras on the space shuttle. So you'll you'll get the technical, um, but you will also get like let me scroll down here, like uh, composition advice with astronauts on them on the space shuttle. Um, there's actual photos, like different focal lengths. It's a photo workshop for beginners. It gives you stuff about aperture and about depth of field and and so on and so on always with examples of of the astronauts and the and the shuttle pretty much and if these are shuttle era presumably these are film cameras yeah oh yes they are absolutely film cameras so um the i mean hasselblad is that's that's their big claim to fame that their cameras were in space and on the moon and so on so uh this i, I guess this is a piece of um a piece of a piece of uh, photography history that was probably also targeted towards like us as in to generate buzz and connect Hasselblad yes. more with the whole space program but it's fun it's fun it's a little fun little booklet kind of thing that you can download so that is that and Jeremiah you brought us uh, I, I I just did a little pick of the week uh, just because of the sheer spectacular beauty of the uh, photography in this particular show. And I, again, I chose Babylon Berlin. The fourth season is about to drop in Europe, not here yet, but it will give you a, a sense of what's possible in terms of absolute stunning photography in it, cinematography. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, of course, the acting, the story, and all, all the rest of it are just flawless. But um, the, you know, when when you make a television show, the consistency of quality is one of the most difficult things to to kind of get a hold of, especially uh, when you are fighting time, budgets, um, weather, uh, you know, human events. And th this show has just managed over the three years that the seasons have broadcast in this new one uh, of being relevant to history, but also in, in terms of character. I'm, I'm uh, extremely impressed and encourage people to look at it because it shows you what television is capable of um, as opposed to movies, because it's a long novel, a deep dive, and a stunning aesthetic experience. So that's my rave. I've seen ads for it on YouTube because I'm too cheap to pay for YouTube uh, for, for the paid version. So <laughs> I've been bombarded with it. So maybe that's 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 what's going to push me over the edge. Thank it's you so much. Recommended, yeah. yeah, it's on net. By the way, it's on Netflix. I don't know All if right. it's on Netflix in Germany. But... Well, well, um, I'm being I'm being advertised, so it probably is. All right, so go out, take more pictures, um, do the real thing, meet people in a safe way, of course, with all the new variants and stuff. Um, what else can we say? I think we'll go back to our technical expertise next week. <laughs> I should probably try that. Who knows what this is going to sound like. Good question. Anyway, I think um, we'll be back soon with more. Until then, everyone, thanks for your time. Uh, Thefuturephotography.com.
You've been listening to The Future of Photography. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.